0: The following program is sponsored by Friends of Life Outreach International.
1: I remember one day I was on Instagram, and I would put up a photo of a famous person, and the comments started coming in, mostly from Christians, really just outraged, upset, I mean a photo. And somebody wrote on the thing, how on earth could you ever associate with that person, Rich? My response just came really quickly. It was like, because Jesus chooses to associate with me. Rich Wilkerson, Jr. encourages
0: us to follow the example of Jesus and become a friend of sinners, next.
2: I'm telling you, it's, it's always a joy to come and, and talk to you because you give us joy, because you give joy to people that never thought they'd have any. I'm James Robinson. Betty and I welcome you to Life Today. The Wilkerson name is pretty well known in, let's say, communities of faith. Let's say transforming power faith. And Rich Sr. is uh, to be praised, Praise God for every time you think of him. I'm glad I'm his friend. I'm glad that we've been able to, pray for each other and pray with each other. Well, Rich uh, Wilkerson Jr. has, uh, he's amazing, the anointing he's got. He's got a church, this is a great book, just came out. Friend of Sinners, Why Jesus Cares More About Relationship Than Perfection. Did you get it? (laughs) Not religion, not pretense and going through the motions, but relationship. It's a lot of people in church, Rich, and they don't really have a relationship and they seem to just go through pretense. You are really right when you say Jesus touched sinners and that love transformed people that many thought were impossible. Now you've got a church called the Voo Church. Yes, sir. What in
1: the world is Voo Church? It's spooky, sound It is spooky. I apologize about that. What, what an honor it is to be here with you guys. You guys are two of uh, my heroes, and it's a real honor and a privilege to even get to come on your program. So thank you so much for all that you've done for the gospel, what you continue to do for the gospel. And thanks for letting me come on. And let me please explain Voo Church for a minute before you call me a heretic and kick me out. Um, <laughs> you know, for many years, I served with my dad in uh, Miami, Florida, North Miami. And we started a young adult movement. 10 years ago called the rendezvous which just meant the meeting place meeting god connecting with people and it began to grow and begin to flourish and it was a really special time I, I, in many ways it was had all the signs of a revival. People coming from really all different types of, of places. It's an inner city urban church. So you had um, that audience coming, but then people from South Beach and people from Fort Lauderdale coming. It was this Tuesday night program, 1,220 somethings on a Tuesday night. Tuesdays, like when you tape? Yeah. Something about Tuesday. Something about Tuesday. <laughs> <laughs> and so um, before you know it though, rendezvous is a weird word to spell. There's a silent Z that nobody knows about. And then if you Google rendezvous, really shady websites come up so (laughs) quickly we just started calling ourselves the vu and it took on an identity of itself and that's where vu church came out of and so it's more about the identity of 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 the roots and the foundation that's a meeting place to connect with god and and really what this book's about in terms of relationship and so it's worked well for us so when people get this book what do you want to happen yeah you know i was writing this book friend of sinners and i was i have a friend of mine who's kind of on the journey of faith and still still hasn't really probably crossed all the way over and i was telling him i'm writing this book called friend of sinners he says, bro, you cannot do that. I said, why? He goes, all your friends are going to be so mad at you. I said, no, no, no. I'm the sinner in the title. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus is the friend of sinners. This is, this is the nickname they gave Jesus. And what I, what I want to do is I want to awaken people of Jesus's mission and message. I think so often what happens is in the areas of religion, people start to think that Jesus came to establish religion. He didn't. He, come to, he came to establish a relationship with people. And really... He is the friend. That was his nickname. It was provocative 2,000 years ago, and it's provocative today. And they said it as a criticism, didn't they? Yeah, they said it as a criticism. And I think as we befriend him, as we start relationship with him, what ultimately happens to us is that we have a heart for those that don't know him. And I was talking to you not too long ago, and you said, I'm not mad at people that are lost. I'm sad for people that are lost. And ultimately, what I want people to discover is the friend they have in Jesus, and then out of that relationship, he fills you up. In order to be spilled out. You get comforted by God to simply go and be called to be uncomfortable for Him. Mm. And um, I'm really, really hoping that there's an awakening in our generation about who Jesus is, but then our response, our reasonable response to this gospel message is to go and show it to other people.
2: Why do you think Christians, who say they're Christians at least, when the New Testament Christian, as early as the fourth chapter of Acts, said we can't help but speak Mm. the things that we've seen and heard. And they were talking about spiritual reality of seeing, spiritual reality, we've seen, we've heard. It was as though we've entered into a relationship with the Father of all fathers, with the Creator, with God, with the Savior, with the Messiah, Mm. we've actually, and we can't be quiet. How is it that so many people who say they know him are able to be so indifferent about it? You have
1: to wonder, Have you really met him? Well, that's where I would start. Have you really met him? I love Acts chapter four. It says that they took note that the disciples had been with Jesus. (laughs) Something powerful about that. Didn't even say anything. I just I'm taking note on that guy's life. There's something different. Been church we've been with Jesus. Jesus. You know, the message of Jesus I think is so it's so counterculture. The fact of the matter is is that sin has not rendered us bad; it's rendered us dead. And so we keep forgetting that, right? We keep thinking the gospel is about making bad people good. I'm sorry. It's far worse than that. <laughs> Your sin hasn't made you bad. It's made you dead. in trespasses and sin. Yeah. And so it, we, we're dead in our sins. So really, Jesus has done the work. We respond to him coming and finding us. And when you ask the question, why is it that so many people, they say they know him, but they don't have love for other people. I come down to going, have you actually encountered God's love? Because whatever you're full of, is what you're gonna be led by. And so when you're led by anger, when you're led by judgment, it makes me wonder. I think you're full of those things. Mm -hmm. And grace, the Bible says that Jesus came full of grace and truth. Grace is the unmerited favor of God. I understand I did nothing to deserve this. In fact, I believe the closer you get to Jesus, the more you realize just how far away you were to begin with. The more and more I discover Jesus, the more I realize. I am utterly lost without him. And that doesn't lead me to being more upset with people. It leads me to having a greater burden that I could point them to Jesus. And I think we live in a time period right now where where people are afraid. And so many times we wanna control things. Yet relationship is, is a trust journey. Relationship is going, man, I I trust that the Holy Spirit's working on you. And so I want to give you the truth, but I have to do that full of grace first. I love the idea that he's not a balance between. It's not like 50% grace and 50% truth. He's full of both. But I do think the order matters. Grace came first. Wow. Grace, then truth. Our churches need to be that way. Connect, then correct. If people don't think you love them, they're not really going to be anxious to hear what you have to say. Thank you. Well, one of the big things I think that we're working, that we talk a whole lot about, especially in our church and people that we're discipling is that we can't view people as projects. Projects have a start date and a finish date. And when we view relationships like this, it's just become so unhealthy. And so many times I sometimes felt like the way that I kind of grew up, I would view evangelism as as part of my checklist. Did my evangelism for the day. And it, it was kind of a project mindset. Mm-hmm. But people are eternal beings. And our job is to love them. God's job is to change them. I love that Jesus, when he called the disciples, he said, Come follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. Mm-hmm. Notice, he didn't say, Come follow me and I'll make you catchers of men. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Because our job is not the catching, our job is the fishing. I'm not the savior, I'm not the deliverer, I'm not the healer. He works through me, gives me those opportunities, but my job is to simply fish, simply love, simply share, simply witness, point people to Jesus. And I think people sometimes, we get carried away and we think that we are more than what we really are. I have a very good idea of who I am without Jesus. I am a lost sinner who is dead in my trespasses and if it's not for the grace of God, I have nothing. Once again, I've encountered this love. I want to. I want to. I want to fall under. The, I call it the waterfall of love. I want to stand in the waterfall of love every single day. Because as I do that, what that does is that leads me to loving people better and helping point people to Jesus.
3: Well, and the difference that. And my own testimony was I tried all the, quote, religious right things to do. I tried to be the good little church goer, you know, and the one that went to visitation every week. And hoped that when you went out and knocked on the door that nobody was there because you didn't (laughs) know how you were. Oh, I got stories for you. Yeah. 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 (laughs) But when when (laughs) I met the real Jesus, there's something that changes in your heart, and in your life. Mm. And I believe people can see that. Mm. They can see through all the fakeness, all the practicing and all the doing the right things. But when they see Jesus coming out of you, the difference is made because they say, that's what I want.
1: What I love, don't you love how the scripture says that it's like his grace is sufficient, that his strength shows up in our weakness. Like this idea of being vulnerable and transparent and being okay with who you are right now God shows up in that. I grew up. I'm a fourth generation Pentecostal preacher. Mm-hmm. If you don't know what that means, don't worry. I got more problems than you. Okay, <laughs> but I mean, my first slow dance was to "Our God is an Awesome God." You can't you can't make that up. You know what I'm talking about? And so I used to go door door witnessing. Like my dad would wake me up like Saturdays at 6 a.m. I'm like, Dad, I don't think Jesus is awake right now. You know? And we would knock on the doors. And so I, I grew up in that way. And in a lot of ways, I learned much from that. You know what I mean? I learned about. Sure resiliency, and I learned about not giving up, and I learned about boldness and courage. But I've seen more effective fruit and more results by simply being who I am, being comfortable in my skin, realizing that His grace is sufficient. The word sufficient means adequate for its purpose. The word adequate means just the right amount, meaning God has just the right amount of grace for all of our races, and we have to run our race. And part of that is just going, I know who I'm in Jesus. I'm a son of God. I don't have to work for it. I can't earn it. I never deserved it. You started experiencing the power of
2: Pentecost instead of just being Pentecostal go. and Pentecostalism. You actually began to experience the fullness of the Spirit, which was in your dad and in so many people. Yes, sir. But a lot of times when we get caught up in church life, it becomes more ritualistic, more traditional, more expected. You know, Betty was talking about going to church. We used to joke about Baptists had visitation or visitation night. Mm. And so the people would go visiting. They'd pair up and they'd go visiting. They'd say, before we go to the door, let's pray. And the other person said, well, what do we pray? Well, let's pray they won't be there. (laughs) And that was literally because people were terrified. But once the Holy Spirit gets in your life, you're anxious to go in. Sure, there's there's a little bit of uneasiness about it when you start, but here's the deal. If we realize that we're not the person Who makes the sale. We're not the person who signs them up. We don't go Mm -hmm. get another spiritual scalp and go back and say, I got another convert. We go out and we love somebody. We realize the power of the gospel is the transforming effect that changes lives. We just go and love the people and tell them our own story about what Jesus did for us. And you've got their attention. And especially if they believe you just care about them. Mm. In other words, you really are a friend of sinners. You care about them. It's not you wish they weren't drinking, you hope they don't get hurt. I saw a motorcycle Mm -hmm. and I had a terrible wreck when I'm 14, nearly killed me. It's a miracle I lived through it. I saw a motorcycle that the pieces would cover this entire circle right in the middle of the road. And I almost couldn't drive because I thought there was somebody on that bike. I'm already checking to find out. I know they went to the hospital. Don't know how old they are yet. Don't know everything, but I know if that person's alive, it's as big a miracle as we'll ever see. I wanna know. You see, what is it? I care. I don't know what was going on. I care about that person. This is the way you look at sinners. You're not saying, well, I hate what you're doing. I don't want you to ever do anything Mm. that could hurt. What if somebody hit that kid that had been drinking? What if? It was early in the day, but you know, sometimes people get high on something. I don't know what happened, all I know is I care. To me, compassion and care is what it is to be a friend of all people, not a condemner of where they are, Mm -hmm. but loving them where they are and want the very best for them. I think you can communicate that
1: if it's real in our hearts. I think absolutely, and I think we have to remember we have got good news. Gospel means good news. It's not bad news. And when I actually learned the good news Now I'm really excited to share about it. It's funny that you talk about what you're passionate about. Like, you can't help but talk about what you're passionate about. I love Jeremiah, he's in prison, he's in stocks, he's been beaten, he's he's upset. (laughs) I cursed the day I was ever born, Mm. but I got a fire shut up in my bones and even if I didn't wanna say it, I, I can't keep this inside. There's a passion that's stirring up and if we can awaken that inside of people, that will never come from religion that will only come from an encounter with Jesus and being filled by the Spirit. And if we can realize that the Spirit has so many gifts for us that they're not, I don't think it's even proof, it's it's provision of the Spirit that we can have a passion stir up, that just comes out of us naturally. And so for me, it's so freeing that I have good news. And my job, this, this is where I'm at these days, and I'm a reporter I'm a mailman, you know what I mean? Like I get to do the evening news, but it's always good news. (laughs) I don't have to, I don't, you know, they say, if it bleeds, it reads. (laughs) Not at the church, man. Like he bled one time, praise God. (laughs) And now we got really, really good news. And people should, I think believers need to have an awakening of that and stand under that waterfall. And don't let that become old news or, or, Mm -hmm. or forget where you came from, but realize we've been saved by his grace. And how I get to share that with people. And that just, it, it sounds so simple, but it's helped me so much because God's given us the opportunity to be in some unique circles and unique spaces. You know, I really wrote this book. I wrote a book prior to this. I actually got to come on your show. Thank you. Um, I was with your son and, and Sheila. It was a book called Sandcastle Kings. And it was about building your life on foundations. And while I was talking about that book, um, we've had a chance to have different types of celebrities and whatnot come through our church. And some people that maybe the world would say immoral and not not really a poster person for for Christianity. But I was shocked as I was talking about that book, how many people would ask me about people we've associated with or we've befriended. Like they just couldn't believe it, especially in the Christian world. I remember one day I was on Instagram and I'd put up a photo of a famous person and the comments started coming in, mostly from Christians, really just outraged, upset. I mean, a photo and somebody wrote on the thing, how on earth could you ever associate with that person, Rich? My response just came really quickly. It was like, uh, because Jesus chooses to associate with me. The fact that he loved me where I was. And if we as believers are not willing to go to that, the gospel came to us. I could not get to God. So God came to me and I want to be a believer. I love what you guys are doing across the world that you're, you're taking supplies, you're taking good news to people. And you've learned that in order to give them the living water, you actually have to give them physical water sometimes. Mm-hmm. Doesn't make the living water any less. It just goes, hey, they can't really hear about the good news if they're sure. if they're sitting there dying of thirst. And I just wanna be a person that that bridges the gap a little bit to say, hey, whatever you've heard, Jesus didn't come for behavior modification. He came for heart transformation. He came for more than just good moral behavior. He came for a radical takeover of our lives. It's a change from the inside out. And I think we're seeing fruit with it. And I'm excited about sharing the the, the message.
2: Well, you are, you're doing what Jesus did. Think about it. Everybody who is, let's say in any way, tuned into the word of God, we know that Pharisees uh, were not uh, highly regarded for many reasons and prostitutes were not. And Jesus was called the friend of sinners. And one of the most powerful stories in the entire new Testament is Jesus walks in the house of a Pharisee. Mm. And he sits down on the sofa, of the Pharisee, and a prostitute kneels at his feet and is weeping. Now, if this gets out to the church crowd, then Jesus is in there with a Pharisee and a (laughs) prostitute in that house. Not very good for his reputation. (laughs) But miracles occurred because, listen to me, love never fails. Mm. It doesn't work on our timetable.
4: Come
2: on. We just release it and let it flow. Miracles are the result. This guy's a miracle of love. Mm-hmm. Would you say thanks to God and the rich? You are a blessing. You are full of the riches of His grace and His glory. And I I it an honor to meet you. Mm-hmm. And I count it a privilege. And I will be your prayer partner and your friend as long as I'm breathing. And I plan to be breathing until Jesus comes. Come on. And I plan to be dressed up in his glory when he comes in glory. Come on. To get a bride adorned in that glory. And we are a part of that bride. And you are too, if you know him. Let's get dressed up in his glory. You like what he's doing? Would you say, thank you, God, and thank you for the book? Go get it. In the bookstore. And Rich, you talked about a moment ago. Now, we like to help people. And we really do. I want to put smiles on children's faces two ways. I want to give them shoes, 150,000 of them per Christmas that you give. And I want to give some cleft palate surgery, some smiles. I want you to listen to our mission director and I remind you of this. Here he is loving others, Betty, on the other side of the world, when he's just said goodbye to his precious wife who died of cancer. Joined our baby girl, our daughter, in the presence of God forever. Well, we will be forever, but Betty, we're in his presence now. And I want you to listen to Ralph in the presence of God overseas, representing not only you, but the Lord. Watch and listen.
4: Through your generous support, the mission teams of Life Outreach International have extended the hands and feet of Jesus to the far corners of the globe, providing sustenance for the malnourished, water for the thirsty, medical aid for the infirm, and freedom for the captives. But on a recent trip to the African nation of Burundi, our missions director, Ralph Doan, was introduced to a young boy named Jadu, who highlighted another crucial need that countless children share. I've just seen so much poverty, so much sadness. One of the things I've noticed is there's no kids wearing shoes, Harley. Almost all of them have no shoes. And the terrain here can be really tough, even walking in shoes, but much less barefooted. Jadu was brought to me here. I saw his feet, and you can see the toll that it's taken with him not wearing shoes, probably most of his life, if not all of his life. Like Jadu, children in villages around the world endure cuts and sores while walking barefoot through contaminated water, soil, or animal feces, which can open the door to deadly diseases and infections, including hookworms. You can be a blessing today by giving a child like Jadu his very first pair of shoes. It'll change his life forever. It'll change his walk. In fact, I believe one day he's going to be a little champion for Christ, and it'll Help him even walk with God. So please partner with us to provide Jadu and children just like him all around the world with a brand new pair of shoes this Christmas season.
2: You have no idea what just a little gift like this can mean. Betty and you and I years ago started going IN the impoverished nations, even in Central America, and going to the dumps and seeing the horrific conditions where the children were and. And then we actually went out and saw children that were already being treated because they appeared to have gotten the hookworms from getting in the open places in their little feet and then ultimately ending up in their brain. And we saw what love could do when we would go in. You remember us sitting in one of those villages and there was a, a real pretty little girl that looked shy and she just kind of disappeared behind the little huts. And I just said, baby, I'm gonna pray that little girl back. I'm gonna sit down on the ground. I want to little girl would come sit in my lap. I'm going to tell her how I love you. Do you remember <laughs> yeah, she came? Sat down in my lap. The well, missionaries that. said to me over the years, even in Rwanda and the horrors of what happened to those children, that they were amazed the kids would come and just crawl up in my lap. There's a picture in the entry of our studio of me with a bunch of little kids in my lap. Their parents had just been killed with machetes. Mm-hmm. What made them come? Love. Mm-hmm. Love. What causes people to want to say, let's meet that need? Love. It's the love of God. And Betty and I can go all over the world and we could weep. We see "Needs, Betty, if the people watching us don't say, James, Betty, we will help the missionaries and the people love those children, love those families. We simply weep but we have no results. Our viewers make the difference.
3: They really do. You really do. You're such a big part of what God wants to do here in putting the shoes on these precious little feet. We've been there and th- had the opportunity to personally put the shoes on the feet of these precious children. And their little hearts just light up, their faces light up, and a smile. And as you saw, they were dancing around. They had something to celebrate, not only that they had received a gift from those that loved them and cared them about them, but they received a gift that's going to Possibly save their lives because it protects them from all the disease and all the th- ugly things they have to walk through. So please join with us and let's put shoes on these precious little feet.
2: If you'll join us with shoes and smiles for Christmas, please go online, dial the number, take your bank card, and not you make the largest gift you can. Thirty-six dollars will give ten children shoes. Seventy-two will give twenty. No, please, if you could give hundred and eighty dollars and give fifty kids shoes, would you do it? I mean, there's some level at which you can can help. would you would you do that, please? Whatever you can do, we're asking you to do right now, please. We have some gifts to send you, the beautiful little red crystal Christmas ornament, this little shoe to go with others that we've given you over the years. and uh, the beautiful scented candle. This one is uh, cinnamon and uh, vanilla. And it says, the light shines in the darkness and you turn the candle and the darkness can never extinguish it. You can never stop the effect of love. Would you right now make the largest gift you can, please? Thank you for doing it. Let's give shoes and smiles for Christmas. We need to start now so we can get them to the ends of the earth by Christmas. Thank you for doing it.
0: Poverty is a killer. And because of it, children needlessly suffer, not only from a lack of food and clean water, but also from a lack of things we often take for granted, like a simple pair of shoes. Far too many children living in extreme poverty have never owned a new pair of shoes. And while that may seem minor in the light of all their needs, walking with bare feet puts them at risk of life-threatening infections and disease that could lead to crippling consequences and even death. By responding today, you can help immediately secure and begin shipping Christmas shoes to 150,000 children around the world. And for many, just in time for the holidays. Your gift of $36 will help provide 10 pairs of shoes. A gift of $72 will help provide 20 pair. And a gift of $180 will help provide 50 pairs of Christmas shoes for children in need. As a thank you for your gift of support, be sure to request this beautifully crafted red crystal shoe ornament a treasure to display at each Christmas. With your gift of $100 or more, you may request the Light Shines in Darkness Frosted Glass Candle featuring a beautiful golden design with scripture from John 1:5. Finally, please consider a gift of $1,000 or more to help provide 275 pairs of shoes or two children with corrective cleft palate surgeries. And you may request the Bridge of Faith Canvas Print by Thomas Kincaid. Please call, write, or make your gift online today.
2: I don't think there's any question you're gonna enjoy the, the beautiful little ornament. And it's a conversation piece. People gonna ask you what it means and you get to tell them. Inspire them to give smiles and shoes. We'll send you the book, Friend of Senators. If you say, James, that's gonna inspire me. It's gonna inspire some young people I know too to get on fire because Rich has a gift to really communicate with them. Uh, you help us give shoes and smiles. You want Rich's book? You can get it in the bookstores, but we'll send it to you to say thanks for expressing love to those precious children. Join Betty and me in saying thanks to Rich. Welcome Thank, you, thank you,
1: so much. Much. Love you. Love you, We love you guys.
2: Thank you. Thank you to your family. Uh, yes, uh, You're giving my love and my regards. Yes, Please have a moment with Mom. Yes, God God thank God. all of you. Thanks for watching. Thanks for sharing.
3: My shame kept me safe, but it kept me
4: alone.
0: Sheila Walsh spends Wednesdays in the Word tomorrow. Life Today is made possible by the supporters of Life Outreach International. Your gift will be used exclusively for the exempt purposes of life. The ministry features specific outreaches as examples of the programs it supports and conducts. Gifts are considered to be without restriction as to use unless explicitly stipulated by the donor. The ministry is a member of the ECFA.